Welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast. This podcast invites guests that are educational and inspirational. Where they try to really get their story out there. Whether they're an author, a singer, dancer, entertainer, community activist, whatever I may be. I just want them to really get their story out there. So please continue to support and listen to the Really Charlie podcast here on Anchor. God bless and have a great day. Thank you. All right. Check, check. Can you hear me now? So, 
without further ado, we're going to welcome the candidate to the to the screen. I'm pretty sure he's anxious like I am. I love, love the Really Charlie podcast and my guest. Good evening, Charlie. How you doing, my man? Mr. Grace, how you doing? How's things? I'm doing man? well, Charlie. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, my man. How's it? Everything's well? Yes, yes. Good, good. Well, and Charlie, you're doing a great job with the podcast, man. Um, you know, from days you were an officer to community activism and just helping the average everyday person out, you're still getting the word out. You're still doing, still doing the important things that matter, Charlie. And I just want to congratulate. I know a lot of good people have been on the community leaders, uh, young entrepreneurs getting their, you know, getting themselves up and going. So, um, yeah, I just want to congratulate you on a great podcast, Charlie. Great initiative. Thank you very, very much, man. Um, before we start, I just want to, you know, tell you and our audience that share, share, share the podcast. It's very, very important. That way we get a well-rounded um, audience um, and we get to get some questions to the candidate, to the guest. And um, that's very, very important. So everyone, including myself, I want to share, share, share this podcast so yeah. we can get the word out. Yeah, folks, get the word out. That's important. He's, do he's doing really, really good things, um, having people from our neighborhoods, from our community have a voice. So let's get the word out. Sure. The um, First and foremost, I'd like to um, you know, commend you for putting your, your hat in the arena um and uh it's it's not an easy task because yeah. you have to you have to definitely um you know be on point every single day that's and right there's, there's many many issues out there so yeah but uh you know we known each other for a long time you know yeah and i, I you know but I, I want you to give us a little bio about yourself and why you are now, just give a bio, and then we'll go into why you're um, a worthy candidate, okay? But just yeah. a little free bio. For, for people who don't know me, my name is Ross Mountain Grace Jr., long, uh, uh, lifelong resident of Bedford, Massachusetts. Just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I have a passion for education. I've worked in the New Bedford Public School Department for over 17 years. Um, I also was assistant director of the Frederick Douglass Unity House up at UMass Dartmouth. So, uh, Basically, the value system that I have is that I believe in doing everything we can to leave our community and city, city better um, for our kids and those behind us, you know, to, to invest in the city. And I think the very best way to do that is working with young people. I have a passion for that um, because when when you're able to help a young adult or, or a child have a sense of who they are, provide a sense of direction, um, you know, that that's how things get better. That's how things change. And I just found... The best way to do that is through um, education. Um, you know, my I was raised with my mother, Vicarwood Housing Projects, just so people know a little bit about me. Uh, my father was an activist. He wasn't, um, you know, he, he went through some time and stuff. So my mother raised me and she was a substitute teacher. Um, and uh, she always instilled in us, my siblings, um, that in order to do something, you have to you have to be something. And that comes through hard work, discipline and the gift of knowledge. Um, you know, when, when you know something, people can't get over on you. Um, so her being an educator, uh, you know, me growing up 
wanted to make a difference in a change, I got into public education, uh, and you know, at, and also at the university level. Um, so um, a little bit more background: I started off at the old Normandian, was a school adjustment counselor. I was very young. Um, from there, I went to UMass Dartmouth, as I said earlier, assistant director of Frederick Douglass Union. We did programming, um, help kids with homework, financial aid, uh, just a place for them to feel comfortable. Um, and then from there, I went back to the public schools. I was actually recruited by somebody who was an administrator in the schools. And the way the schools used to work back then is they stood in touch with their students and invested them. So you had people from New Bedford coming back. There was a connection between the leadership and the students. Um, so he brought me back in um, and I became assistant principal of Kanye Academy. I was the very first student uh, ever to become uh, an administrator of Kanye Academy. I was assistant principal of Keith Middle School. And um, at the time, Wally Williams is the principal now, but I was the first black administrator in Keith Middle School. Um, I had uh, left the school department during uh, the past couple of years. Things were tumultuous and took a direction that I didn't uh, particularly care for. And it took a toll on, uh, um, on my health. It took a toll on the way I was viewing public education. Um, and so I since moved on. So the reason why I'm running Charlie, and I uh, hate to be long-winded, is um, nope. I never wanted to get into politics. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I, I, ne I never saw myself in that light. People started asking me. Um, people were saying that, you know, there's no real representation and, uh, and you know, all good people up there except people who haven't, like, really been in the schools to, like, have a voice. So um, a good amount of people asked me, and I ran last time, and I'm running again this time. We lost by a little bit last time, child. Yeah, it did. Um, you ran a good election. And, um, you know, the your experience is there. Yeah. Your, uh, your uh, life, you know, life skills are there. Your experience is there. Um, you definitely have an understanding, especially when you're uh, confronted by a, a, a bunch of things. I call it a triangle, especially when yeah. you know, and, and the triangle is a student, a parent, and the teacher. Oh yeah. You know, and 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 you can you can talk to all three parts of that with an understanding. Yeah. And um, so, the uh, what are some of the things that you first want to look at? You know, as 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 a candidate, um, and and if you get elected. Um. I'll be honest with you, I think the very most important factor that I'd be bringing into everything is just that relationship with the teachers, where a lot of times when you're going, you know, going to a school committee meeting, they're talking about what I call the curtains, um, but they don't talk about what's really going on in the house. Uh, so the very first thing I would do is make sure that um, the particular needs of, of, of teachers being addressed. Right now, a real hot, uh, very important issue is what's going on with paraprofessionals. Um, and, um, uh, lunch aid workers because they're, they're getting uh, a really, really um, a pay that doesn't reflect the work that they do. And when you're talking about a paraprofessional, you're talking about, um, especially now when COVID and remote learning, but while I was still there, you're talking about the kids who are working with kids who learn differently or who may have had a, a so-called disability. The parents were working with them doing just as much as the teachers. They were doing lunch duty. They were doing traffic duty. Um, they was uh, interacting with the, with the families um, during appropriate times. Um, and so now with remote learning, there's times, and I've spoken with parents, where they don't have a contract, so they're fighting for a contract right now. Um, and they work for respectable paying for proper training. And so you, you, you literally have a situation where 
the parents haven't been trained and when teachers are absent because they because the parents protected they they're doing some of the classroom sessions as well so um, that would be something that you know come november or even this time next year if that's still going that's a very hot button issue um like i said uh, prior to that making sure that there's a real voice that's on the school committee of people who know the teachers who know the cultures who doesn't just rubber stamp things um, and again, that's not to speak bad about anybody on because the school committee people are some pretty fine folk. They're decent people, except I think you see through a different lens when you when you've worked and walked in the building and you still have those relationships with, with um, educators. So those are some of the hot button issues that I'd like to address as soon as I get in um, safety issues. There's a big conversation. I'd love to have a conversation about um, school resource offices. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, discussion about that. And um, I have my opinions on that, and I'll be making those clearer um, if that's a point of uh, discussion, um, you know, as the election draws more near. So those are some of the three things. And also making sure, Charlie, um, you know, that administrators are doing the right thing. Uh, with the school committee, again, this isn't to hold anybody's feet to the fire, but I saw, um, you know, especially in the prior years, and we're not talking about the past because there's much better leadership now, except I saw what can happen when you have uh, – a leader with an agenda, whether it's from the state or whether it's personal, whatever, um, can push administrators to do uh, things that they know are ethically uh, not right. So, you know, I just be in the buildings and making sure the best that I can that the teachers, the people in the classrooms, the paraprofessionals, the the, the workers, the blue collar people, you know, I want to make sure that they that they have a voice. And, and that's my that, that's what I hope to do, Charlie. Good. The um. You know, as, as um, you know, as you initially, you know, got started and wanted to run, and um, and now, you know, what's going to be the difference between last time and this time, as far as that what you lived and learned, you know, yeah. through your last campaign. Yeah. Um, experience. Uh, the first time we really didn't start because I wasn't sure if I was even going to go for it. Um. We didn't really become official till we'd had the signatures that we needed, necessary amount of signatures. Once we got that, there was just a huge learning curve. You're dealing with the OCPF, that's the Office of Campaign uh, Finances. You, there's a lot of regulations. Those are things we were learning about, uh, working with, you know, the, the banks that, that do you best for your accounts and all that. Uh, just, you know, learning about the fundraising, which is much different this time around. And, um, I mean, small things like order and signs. And placing them in you know strategic places, you know these, these are all things we've learned that we already have built now. Like we have a website which you can you know you can check out through my Facebook page. Um, we already have that built. We can accept donations online now. And again, we we were able to do that last time, but it was our last minute. So we're just prepared. We know what's ahead of us. So we're starting much earlier this year. We're getting the word out, and then um, we're going to get the um, signatures up and done, and then just do things to get our message out. And again, um, you had mentioned earlier that the triangle. And that's something we use that kind of called the triangle of trust is too often, even even to an extent with the private schools, the, you know, the, the Elmer the Mars, the, the um, woke text, whatever, the charters, whatever. I mean, sometimes we're all pulling different directions, child. And what it all comes down to is families, children and schools. Everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants their child to have a better opportunity at life and to go further ahead than what we did. You know, so when everybody's working together, we pull in that count in that in, the, in that direction, child. So, um. You know that that that's that's a value system that I bring in, and and I think that I'd be a decent conduit because I worked in the schools. I still know the community. I'm still out and about, and I have children of my own who went through the schools. 
you know, so yeah, it's that, that, that's it, that that would be kind of our agenda. Yeah, it it takes a lot of um, takes a lot of stamina to be yeah. um to once you accomplish that title, um, and people don't realize that you know that each school from elementary to middle school in this in the city of New Bedford is equivalent to the population of some towns. You just, oh, yeah. you know, figure, you know, population students could, could reach up to 1500 sometimes, you know, yeah. at some point. So um, I remember uh, at one point there was a uh, population at Hayden McFadden was bigger than Keith middle school. Oh yeah. And, that's right. And that's that was, right. And that was the elementary school. So, yeah, with all that saying, with the, with that being said, that so each student has some kind of attack, you know, has a parent attached to them, right? You know, also has a, uh, maybe a see, foster parent and a counselor. Right. And, and Charlie, but, you see, you you know what that comes down to? That that comes down to the school culture, the school environment, and it's important that a school, whether it's a big school or a tiny school, it, it's important that the school reflect that particular community. All schools can't have cookie cutter models. So when you're talking about bringing the families in, um, it, it comes down to the leadership in the school. And where's our focus when, when we're an administrator is all we're thinking about is getting highest M MCAS scores possible, not taking consideration poverty, substance abuse, and all the other factors that, that skew those numbers. Is my attitude as administrator just to write teachers up or spend more time in their classroom than shaping the, 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 the environment of the building? So it goes to another thing that was really important. At County, we had a strong, strong culture. It came from Dr. Watts, and many of us held it down. I'm not sure how it's doing now. Um, but when you have that type of environment and that comes from the leadership in a sense of value that they have, what they believe in, what they got an education for, spread that to the teachers and the families. And so when a child has a different learning style or the parent is going through whatever, that school will be will have their finger posts on the needs of that community and the needs of the people who come in. And what's going on is, um, again, I, and I think we're making some fire. I think things are, are getting better from what I understand. But every school has become so focused on testing that it's almost like a machine. It's like we're, we're just manufacturing test children, uh, test-taking kids as opposed to creative thinking and creative thought. And when kids have creative thoughts and creative ideas and the teachers have them, it flourishes throughout the building. So in terms of meeting family needs, needs from different um, circumstances, whatever they may be, it's important that the school have an environment culture that, that's aware of those needs and works with them when, when whoever walks through those doors. True. Now, this school year, um, you know, you got the virtual learning, you know, we, you know, students got that. Um, and it's talk about perhaps having MCAS testing. Isn't the school yeah. year going to be shorter? I mean, yeah. it's so, so what's the purpose? You know, you know yourself, the preparation of uh, yeah. MCAS, it takes all year. Yeah. So, and, and there's, there's no way that that virtual learning was able to focus it, on the there's, go ahead there's no way <laughs> and it goes ever since ever since high high stakes mandated testing came in it pushes against the common sense things of how how an administration runs how, how a citywide district runs and how buildings run because from what i understand and what i believe is 
right now they're just trying to make sure the kids are going in to make sure those test scores come in. And the, the rationalization of taking MCAS is, they can, is so they can measure um, the decrease in learning. But my point is, MCAS shouldn't be utilized as, as that type of tool because it doesn't, number one, tap into the different learning styles and different ways of, uh, of kids learning. So now you compound that with the fact that these kids have been remotely learning or being in a hybrid model uh, for, for the bulk of school year. They're not getting the same um, continuity and consistency, the repetition and the, 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 the same skills that they would get in a classroom of a full year of being in class. And again, the teachers have done a great job with the remote learning. You know, I've seen some of their sessions, I've spoken with them, but I don't think there's any replacement for the kids being in um, the building. And right now, the uh, New Bedford is just moving out of the red in terms of the um, uh, rate of, of, of COVID. So why push the kids in with two months left, two to three months left? Um, why? Why rush in the end? We got to get kids back into the building and they do have to be ready for September. So I do understand all that, except that is coinciding with the MCAS testing. Um, I, I just think that um, that that would just uh, raises, you know, concerns with me that I would address. Um, now, the, the, a lot of people have, um, have finally caught up to the essence of uh, understanding the essence of voting and, and casting your vote. Um, within the last, I don't know, few years, and that um, I also um, lost my train of thought here. When we um, so as they're, they're naive to to elections and voting and so on and so forth, yeah. um, they also naive about how the school school committee runs. Now, yeah. um, when does this use? When does the meetings happen? Um, can you give me a little? kind of, um, yeah. you know, what, school, is, what does school really do, do, I mean, as far as their central role and what they do for the school. Yeah, economy. well, the, the school committee, they in terms of logistics, they meet um, it's usually about once a month, um, early, uh, around 6 o'clock, um, usually on a Monday, I believe it is. Um, so that's logistics. And they discuss basically everything um, that needs, you know, whether it's they have to approve uh, budgets, um, they're heavily involved in superintendent search. Um, you know, recently there was new uh, cafeteria, uh, head cafeteria in, cafeteria uh, manager in, and they interviewed that person. And now we're talking about going to a different model for lunches and school food. So the school committee has a voice on that. So any major um, issue that, that involves, us, you know, the city, city budget or um, just decisions uh, administratively, they usually are done in conjunction. Uh, with the school committee, that the chairperson of the school committee is mayor, is mayor Mitchell, is, is the mayor, and so um, they converse, vote, come with consensus, and then work with the superintendent. So the, the 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 school committee has a good amount of influence of what does happen in the building, because um, theoretically, as you want the the community more involved, giving input for the, to the school committee, the school committee um, works in conjunction with the mayor and the superintendent, and then it all translates into the schools. So it's, it's a leadership position that influences the policies and, and the way the buildings run. It doesn't handle the day-to-day -day operations in the building, but it, it shapes the umbrella in the environment that the schools do operate in. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
and, and again, not too. I mean, and again, just because it is campaign season, I, again, I think that my voice on there would be valuable. And again, they're great candidates. And we're not we're not going to you know um, say anything bad about anybody up there because these are real good candidates. Um, but I think what does make me unique is that in those conversations with the men, the other school committee members, um, I, I'd be bringing in the experiences of the teachers, the one-on-one -on -one conversations. I'd be in the buildings and I'd bring my own experience. So I think that that shapes things a lot different than if you're reading a report or you're hearing about something. Um, it's different when you've actually um, lived it and, and your, your good friends are, you know, still working there. It's so true. The, um, so, um, everyone, welcome to the Really Charlie podcast here to, here through StreamYard, Anchor, Facebook, YouTube. And um, I just want to let you all know that it's very, very important that you share, share, share this podcast so the audience becomes a little bit broader and um, we can uh, actually get some questions, some personal questions answered um, by Ross Grace Jr. And, um, and that way you can actually understand and know where, where this, um, this man's coming from as far as um, his, uh, his ambitions to be a school committee member. So yeah. share, share, share. The, um, and, and, you know, you're, you're still working with kids. You're still doing what you always done. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're still kind of, you know, still around that, that education. Um, you know, you're still teaching, teaching them, still mentoring them. And that's very, very important. Um, Thanks, Charlie. And, uh, the, and what I also know. do too, Charlie, is because the program that I work with is it's a DYS program. Um, it works with um, older kids who, who are, you know, got themselves into situations. We try to help them make better decisions and, and guide them. Um, but a lot of those kids are, you know, from uh, out of the area. So what I also do is my passion is I coach Little League Baseball. And so, you know, that way I get, get a chance to give back to the kids in the city. And that's always a blast, Charlie. So um, I coached for years and years. And then as, you know, my kids were getting older and they were all done, it became harder to stay committed to it. You know, life changes. And, you know, so I was so in the last two years, I, I finally came back and asked, there's nothing better than that. And, and it's the importance of, you know, to, to our families out there. It, it's convenient just to have your kid on the phone all the time or, um, you know, playing games because they're quiet right here. But there's nothing like having that interaction, Learn, learning sportsmanship, the physical activity, to learn how to take a win, how to take a loss, um, learn how to take instruction from, from mentors and coaches who care about you. Um, and for the adults who volunteer, there's nothing like giving back to the community, you know, and just having that young energy around you and watching that kid get better. So I'm glad to be back into baseball. So that's another thing I stay busy with, Charlie. You know, I don't uh, put in the same amount of work that I used to when I used to manage teams, but I help with the scores, I help with the practices, and I'm part of a great team, you know, part of a great league. So. Um, some great coaches on there. Um, I, I oh, definitely yeah. uh, want to say that firsthand that um, – Great, great coaches down there. Uh, Thank you, Michael, Michael. Michael says, my cousin, Ross, will, <clears throat> I'm sorry, will provide leadership, knowledge, integrity, and commitment to and for the youth of this city. Uh, New Bedford needs Ross Grace. So, and it's so true. And need you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. And again, uh, those are, 
you know, I mean, Ty, we've known each other for a long time. I, I didn't have any political aspirations or ambitions throughout at um, any time in, in, in my life. You know, my, my plan was to always work in the public schools, but things changed. Um, but in terms of politics, that, that was never, I just, and we tell people, you know, we're, we're an education campaign. We're, we're not a political campaign. We're out there to make sure that educators have a voice, to make sure that uh, the real needs of the families and the real needs of the kids are congruent with what the buildings are providing. And, you know, and working with schools to, to make sure that they are more than just test-taking machines. You know, so when you hear good stuff like that, um, you know, it reminds me of why we're doing what we're doing and the, the amount of support, Charlie. The, the best thing about, about running is the people who you work with. Um, I, I just have this really outstanding team of people. A lot of them are former educators, some are parents, and some of them are former students. You know, I've, I've been in the field for a long time. We've gotten older. And so, you know, having the opportunity to, to bring all kinds of people together, share ideas, plan, coordinate, um, you know, it's just a great experience for anybody who, you know, who might consider running at some point, you know, it's a good experience. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, you didn't have any aspirations for running, but, you know, God leads us in a certain direction. And, yeah. Um, it was, and, and now, you know, where you see that it's important that, you know, guys like guys and you know, men and women like, you know, which are character that come in and uh, can be placed in a school committee um, is very, very important. So when I ran it, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it was in the back of my mind, you know, how we just joke around, joke about it, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden you think about it. And the one yeah, thing exactly. that this, you know, this city always likes to dictate, you know, where you should start. No, and 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 where you should start is um is um it you got to be comfortable where you started. You know, right. you're starting with the school committee. You know, I did I was a candidate for mayor. Um, everyone's saying, "Why don't you run for city councilor? Why don't you run for ward? You know, ward councilor." Well, you know, I thought the the to fix the problem that I see, the best opportunity to do that is running for mayor. Yeah, um, because you did a uh, great job too, child. You was right there. Uh, we, you know, it is. Uh, very proud of it, and um, not sure if I'll do it again. But yeah, you no, know, we'll see what happens. Never say never. Yeah, um, exactly. So, um, I remember the debates, you know, that they had with you at the last election, you know, last um, campaign. You know, they were at the Whaling Museum. You had some on the Bedford Guide. Um, and I'm at Gome School. I'm trying to add to that too this year. I want to add to it, you know, and and maybe I could set up a debate where I do it myself. Um, and uh, but I'm also going to introduce a lot of the candidates, you know, to the screen like you are right now. Yeah. And um, but I also want you to know that, you know, this is one and done. You know, you need to come back on here. Be happy, um, Charlie. I'm on you. Be on. You, you come back, come back on, and say what you have to, even if it's yeah. just a message, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah. Um, as you run, as you're running for your campaign, and you're the candidate, 
you know, your family also becomes the candidate also. Oh yeah. You know, and, and they, they, you know, they don't want to let you down. They're trying to support you as much as you can. They can. Yeah. Um, like my family did every day. I was counting on someone from my family to help. Oh out. yeah. And, uh, and then you're close friends. So yeah, you, uh, the, um, let me see. I had Jason Mello on here. You know, he's yeah. first time candidate. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. He's on council at large, right? He, yeah, he's excited too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to get everybody on here. Yeah. But, but and, today, and, and, that, and, and that's what's important, Charlie, because to an extent, I feel like, um, in terms of the machine of how the city runs, there isn't an investment, and there isn't a voice like there'd been in the past. For the homegrown um, people who live here, who work here, who give here, I just don't feel like there's been like that same type of um, venue or avenue to people like to, to really express themselves, you know. And and I think you're you're that vehicle, child. You know what I'm saying? Um, the the yeah. city's become very very top heavy. Um, it's been it's become very much, um, you know. And, and there are some things that are doing good, but it seems like we invest more. And people who are coming from the outside who do a couple of years here, then they move on, make their money, and they go. Um, and it seems like uh, they they they're catered to more than um, or invested in more than than the people from the city. And you're giving people a voice, child. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I mean, I, you know, I saw the with Joshua Davis. You know what I'm saying? Who's, who's working mm-hmm. on his um, health and fitness uh, um, business? You know, and Rob Mendes. You know, and I mean, countless other child. You're, you're giving a voice to, to you know. The, the the people from New Bedford, and I think that's been missing. I think you're you're filling a huge void with that. Yeah, we we have to. Um, you know, New Bedford is has always been an, uh, a place of employment for the whole county. Yeah, you know, and uh, even some some other counties. You know, you need a job, go to New Bedford. Um, yeah. and and it's always been. Uh, a bullet in their resume, you know, you get a job here, you can add it. And then people say, Oh, you worked in New Bedford. You, uh, you did this in New Bedford, you know? And, and the yeah. first thing is where it's a, it's sort of like a little big city, you know, the pot, yeah, that's you know? Right. and, uh, so you, there's a lot of that. So I'm proud of my city. I know you are. And, yeah. um, we've been in different parts of the, the country and, um, yeah. I'm glad I'm back home. Yeah, so, I'm uh, glad you're back too, John. Hey, and, so and that, that's why. You know, go ahead, go ahead, Ross. Yeah, and, and and it's so important because you're bringing up. I mean, all cities and all communities are different, but New, New Bedford really is unique. We we have a unique history. We have we have fixtures of the city. Uh, you know, families who've been around for for hundreds of years. You know, what I mean, you know, we're. we're our blend is very diverse, you know, Cape Verdean, African-American, Portuguese, Irish, you know, um, the Central Americans, the Puerto Rican community, you know. So, again, it's, it's a reason why I think it's important to, to, to run for school committee, because we, we need um, not just diversity in terms of skin color, because God knows that doesn't solve all the problems. But in terms of um, ideas and reaching out to people, uh, we're, we're, we're a unique city. And when leaders come in who don't understand our culture and, and just have a finger on the pulse of how New Bedford people, um, you know, how, how, how we live out here, you know, um, 
uh, if I get on a school committee, I'll do my best to make sure that we have leadership that does understand that, you know, and, and who, you know, who, who knows the city and who, you know, you know, hopefully even grew up in the city. We need to invest in our own people, our own kids. You know, our kids are all leaving for greener pastures. And why? Because the opportunities here are, are slim and getting into the schools is, you know, is made more difficult, you know, so. Yeah. And that's, uh, you say that, but that actually was, uh, that was, um, you know, thinking when it came to you, you know, going through us, leaving high school, going on to college. And, and yeah. so the impression was that you were probably going to leave, you know, and um, because you too, you were educated, well-educated, well-spoken, doing your thing. And, um, you know, just didn't want to have, it's like, like you're thinking now, you just want the, the young folks to come back, you know, get educated, yeah. bring that education back to the city. Um, and, uh, so the, um, I want to kind of reflect back to, um, you know, when you, when you were at UMass yeah, and, and, and uh, let's talk about, you know, some of the things that you've done there, which I think is very important because, um, you know, that, that was, I believe at that time was on the ground level. So, you know, oh, yeah. let's talk about that. Oh man, so working at UMass Dartmouth, that that was that was a completely different and a completely wonderful experience. Um I was hired through um the Equal Opportunity Office for a um it was a multicultural resource center. It was called the Frederick Douglass Unity House. And it was founded several years prior and it went through several leadership changes. You had people like Cal McLeod, Everett Hoagland. Uh, Dr. Uh, Tom Manuga, Dr. Bruce Rose, all these people who helped establish it. And the purpose of it was because, especially, you know, during those times, when you're a, a student of color, um, going into a, a predominantly white institution, sometimes for, for a lot of the students we had, that was the first time ever being something like that. So um, it was, it was, it started off like as a safe haven where you could have cultural events, that the kids would do poetry in there. They, they, we'd organize events where they would do dances and stuff. We'd have, at the time, you know, we'd have different uh, potlucks where people are doing different groups of food and we work with kids on homework. But so that was all established years to me coming. And then I'm not sure what was going on, but I guess it kind of flatlined. I think the students just weren't going by as much for whatever reason. And then, you know, you have vultures saying, all right, then what do we need a resource center like that for? It's just advise people, it's, you know. Um, so I don't want to say that it fallen down, but I know that it had, they, they needed a change. So I was still very young at the time, and I was working as the um, a school adjustment counselor at Normandon. And um, I was recruited by UMass Diamond. This is how things were done then. You know, people would know who you are. They pay attention to what's the community. It wasn't all just electronic. You had people who followed you, you know what I'm saying? So they'd go and recruit you. So I was recruited to go to UMass Diamond. And then I got an interview, um, and I did well. And the students interviewed me, and then I became assistant director. And we did all kinds of cool things there. We had, um, you know, I, we, our job was to work with all the student of color organizations. That's the Cape Verdean Student Association, that's the United Latino Society. We had a male's group called I Am My Brother's Keeper, a women's group called Sister to Sister. Um, we had the African Caribbean Club, HASA, Haitian American Student Association. So what we did was we did our best to make sure that they were doing learning in, in some of the schoolwork, except we were doing it in activities. So the learning became a living, breathing thing. It wasn't just like sitting in front of a book. So we'd have different guest speakers who'd give lessons on different global and local dynamics. They come in and talk with the kids. We'd have what was called little um, fireside chats. And, 
you know, we'd have a small amount of kids there and just a different resource person come in. The, uh, the, the police came in and talked to the kids about what that experience was like. Different people from different departments, so the kids were familiar about what's going on at the university. Um, and we had people from the community come in, you know, it was like a resource center for them. And we had it going really, really, really well. I mean, it, it, it was the hotbed of the campus. And then we started having uh, more and more white kids started coming. And we'd have chess tournaments. You know, we just kept it exciting. It was a vi- it was a live, vibrant place. And it was very cozy. And again, it came from the roots of the people who had established it. And I just always saw my role there as just trying to keep it going. And I think because I was young at the time and I still had um, that 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 fire and passion, I, I think it related a lot to the students because I was young. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they mobilized and organized. And um, I left there for a few reasons. Um, New Bedford Public School was uh, re-recruiting me again because that's just how it was. Dr. Marlene Roddick, God bless her soul, came to see me and asked if I'd consider going back. Um, I had had, I, I seem to have an issue with this. I, had, I was uh, having some problems with the leadership there at the time and this became a to-do. Um, the students rallied behind me even though I was leaving. Um, they knew what was going to Unity House. And sometimes you have people who are in these positions and they spend all their time at their computers typing out what they did and making things look as if they're not the ones doing it. If you work at a university with, with active students, they see that and they see the people who are on the front lines. Um, so I ended up leaving and that was interesting. I speak to some of those students, they'll tell you what, what happened. And and then, um, yeah, then I was right back uh, in the public schools, but UMass Dartmouth was wonderful. And it was cool working with kids from all over the, the world, all over the nation. And it was nice seeing Unity House grow and foster it and become a place where, you know, where um, all the think tanks were coming and, and the big wigs were coming to see what's going on there. And um, to see the, the, the kids learn and challenge the system, not in a negative way, except intellectually and, and just embracing the culture. It was, yeah, the Unity House was, that, that was one of my best experiences. Yeah, it's, uh, I remember when. Good, good times. Um, yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, I, w- I won't. I want to. Um, something that bothered me when you when you mentioned about you know administrators kind of getting involved and and kind of nickel and diamond over things and uh, you know something that disturbed me was uh, Harvard University and uh, Cornell West. You know, but we have to oh, talk yeah. about later you know that was uh oh yeah crazy you know one of the greatest greatest yeah. philosophies that i've known in my lifetime and um, oh yeah so it's crazy but one of the facebook users said mr grace is one of my favorite teachers i had years ago and i can't say thank you um we got another one here uh and i'm just trying to make sure we thank focus you on ross grace jr Gene Rose, love Ross. He's a wonderful mentor. Thank you so much. Thank Ms. you. Miss Rose, you're also yes. wonderful. Yes, yes, you are, Miss Rose. Yes, and, yes. you know, and, and there's something to be said about why we do what we do, Charlie, yourself included, the gender battles, the arrogant, you know, just there's something to be said about what people have done before us. And I remember, you know, the, the Jack Castillos, the Manny Costas, um, God bless the soul, even, you know, the Eddie Johnsons, you know what I mean, the Pocky Grayson. There were people who kind of paved the way. And we don't have everything. We don't have a lot. Um, but there were people who paved the way for us to make sure um, that we as a society and we as a community 
um, help America reach its full potential. And, and that's being part of the process, you know, and that's being an agent of change. And that's giving a voice for those who don't have voices and make sure that people who look like us or grew up like us, Charlie, you know, are still, are still carrying on what was getting for it because it didn't just come overnight. People literally died. And again, that's why, you know, public school, public education means so much. People literally died for integration to end segregation. Women gave their lives to, so that, they, so that uh, little girls can go to school. Um, you know, because people realize that when, when, when you learn and your mind grows, there's no, there's no limits to you. You know what I'm saying? There's no limits. And so people fought for that. And it's a major, major reason that I believe in, in, in education as a way to transform and to make society a better place. So true. So true. Um, Fernando Oliveira, childhood okay. friend of mine, says, uh, he said, I am a Bay Village area Portuguese slash Cape Verdean. Excuse me. Let me start over here. I am a Bay Village area kid. He grew up there down the south end, close to my home. Portuguese yeah. and Cape Verdean, we all got along. The neighborhood got along. We need more police in our neighborhood, and uh, we need more programs for the children. So true. Um, yeah, thank I you. just want to give you a story about, you know, myself and the Oliveira family, Chico family. We all we all got along, you know, all coming from, you know, different parts of, of life. And, and But, you know, to sit down, and, and I remember – you know, going to the Pacheco family, mom, you kind of, yeah. you know, saying, Hey, you guys hungry? You want something, giving us something to eat, you know, and the same thing if they came with us, you know, so yeah, we do miss them. Everyone wants to give that time and that era uh, a bad name, but um, I wouldn't trade it. Oh yeah. Uh, I can trade any time in the world to be brought up as a, as a, a young kid. And um, yeah. so, but uh, let's see the best candidate to make a difference. Um. Oh, she's not calling me, babe. She's calling you, babe, man. You must well, know who we, that is. <laughs> I'm not sure. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. The um. You know the. Uh, I just want to keep you, um, keep you out there. You know, let people make. Uh, yeah. And make their own judgment when it comes to you. Yeah. You know, I've got my own. And, um, but you know what? For one, educated man doing the right thing. And, um, thank you, John. Well, I can't wait to see the results this time, which should be better because the, the New Bedford wants to see someone to try once or twice. You know, the first time candidates, um, they, they want you to kind of see where your head is. Yeah. And, um, uh, so this is your second time around, and hopefully twice as nice, you know? Yeah, we hope so, Charlie. Um, like I said, to me, the, the, the victory is always in, in the struggle. You know what I mean? I can't, whether we get the numbers or not, it's the experience, it's getting the message out, it's getting, it's, it's making sure that the, uh, the teachers are, um, you know, have a chance to, like, organize and say something. You know, to me, that that's what it's really, really all about. And, again, it's... it's um, we, we would hope if we do get on the school committee, we'd hope to be transformative. We'd hope not to just be um, somebody just sitting at a chair and voting yay and nay, except, you know, to help um, expand what, what we currently do. Um, most teachers know the issues of high stakes mandated testing, but we just go with the flow right now. You know what I'm saying? And so 
Um, I would like to utilize that position if I were to get on, you know, if, um, you know, to, to challenge those things and, and to, to make sure that the teachers are having a voice and parents as well. Um, you know, we're talking about this MCAS testing. People are organizing more and more so because there's very little, little credibility to measure the, 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 the growth, the development, or ac overall academic standing isn't reflected in MCAS testing. You know, it, it's simply a, a test-taking tool that comes from larger corporations that, that uh, you know, the city buys their money off of, I mean, state buys their money off, uh, buys off of them. And then it translates down to our kids. And that's what, you know, there's constantly different models of learning, you know, and um, th these are all big businesses putting their, their hands in, in, in the public schools. And those are things we, we, we'd like to address. Uh, you know, if they work, then that's fine, we'll go with them. But if, if it's doing things that we know are adverse to the, um, uh, the overall growth, the educational, social development of children, if we know that and, and it's utilized as a tool, as a punitive tool to punish teachers, we know that, but we're just going with it, then that's not cool, you know? So if I were to get into me, that's something we, we would definitely, definitely address. So true. So we, we, we look to expand what goes on in the school committee instead of just, again, going in and yay, nay. You know, we like to have very real conversations. Um, Shakira Gontau says, Mr. Grace taught me to keep my goals higher than what's expected of me. And I'm better than what just expected. Better than, I'm sorry, I'm better than what's just expected, which is so Yeah, true. I know. She, hey, let me tell you, Shakira is incredible. She was there when I was a young guy just getting out of um, grad school, you know. Um, she was one of those, um, just one of those kids who you could, at times she was a kid, she's an adult now, but at time, you know, she had that energy. Um, she had that fire in her eyes, you know, uh, to, to do well. So she can, I'm very proud of you. And I still see her in as a dog here. And I know she does a lot of good things with the community. And, um, you know, so thank you, Shakira. And we all, you know, even as we get old, we have to constantly set something about us to keep re reaching to it. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. We have to constantly have goals. We have to constantly reach a little bit higher. And what people expect, and sometimes more than what we expect ourselves, and that's tricky too. So true. Um, Miss Rose, uh, as a comment here, um, said Jack Custodio was woke a long ago, he was instrumental in getting me on WBSM hosting a talk show Sunday mornings. I really didn't want to do it. We met several times, coffee, and spoke about our obligations to help one another. To, and educate when, uh, when one can. At the time, I began advocacy group in the 80s to teach single parents to advocate for themselves regarding visitation, child support, and issues. Um, yeah, he, he definitely was a spark in a oh, lot yeah. of people's lives. And, um, oh, yeah. And he was going to keep some people honest. They, uh, oh, yeah. They try to do a lot of things. And go ahead. He, he was a fierce advocate, especially in public housing, um, to make sure that people had respectable homes. Um, and he actually, believe it or not, Charlie, I first met Mr. Custodio. He was working at Kanye Academy as um, a so-called teacher aide or um, to our teacher, uh, Ms. Janice Fernald. And so he was working in schools. And again, it, it just drives why education is such a passion for me, you know? So, so true. Thank uh, you. Attention people, thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah, it, it means a lot, you know. Words, are, you. words just keep you, keep you motivated, you know. And uh, sometimes people don't say nothing, so I'm yeah. glad that um, people are saying some nice things about you. Well deserved, Charlie. If you have time, ask 
Um, let's see. Ask Ross. Does he think the DOA, DOE, sorry, they should skip the yeah. MCAT this year? And we, yeah. and we, go ahead, Ross. I'll let you go first and I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. compound. Yeah, Ch on Charlie it. and I did touch on that um, earlier. Um, I'm an yeah. adamant person of, um, I, I'm not in favor of MCAS, period. Um, it was a major point of contention that I had in the administration when um, I did work there. Um, I just didn't place uh, it as a sincere form of a child's growth, um, overall development, effort, um, mode of learning. Uh, uh, you know, it, it was, it's simply a test taking tool. So that being said, I do think it's being uh, overly pushed right now uh, because uh, we're, you know, because of COVID, they do want to integrate the kids back into the schools, and I am um, not opposed to that. Um, you know, we do have to keep our finger on the pulse of, of the safety level and um, either the numbers going down, which they are right now. COVID numbers are going down, um, but we do have to be cautious of that. Except pushing them at this time of year with MCAS, you know, Charlie and I were talking about how that just seemed a little bit peculiar. Um, so um, I'd be uh, ultimately in favor. Uh, Clearly, that um, they, you know, we shouldn't be pushing MCAS at this time. And the school committee did take a stance on that. So I do have to say they did the right thing, and, and um, you know, they're, they're pushing back against it uh, coming from the state. So the school committee did the right thing, and I would definitely be on that side, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and they talk about it, you know they want kids to get kind of, you know, get them back into the classroom and yeah. know, get easy, you know. And, and how do you do that when you put See, a big old test in front of them? Right. Charlie, it's basically going to be like going back to September. And anybody who's worked in the schools know how difficult it is from a kid hat, from kids, even even though there was a hybrid model and there was a remote learning and there was that blend for some of them. Some of them haven't been to school um, all year, uh, you know, for, for, for a long, long time. And for kids who are used to going in just on Monday and Tuesday, whatever, that's a whole transition. So now the teacher's not just going to have to uh, manage their lessons, uh, manage um, the attendance and all that, the, the entire model is going to have to shift to reacclimating hundreds of kids back into the building, settling them down, expectations, routines. That can take in and of itself if you're going to do it properly for them to actually learn three to four weeks. So it's just it's just seeming kind of like force-fed to me. And, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, in the schools, we see that a lot. We don't always make common-sense decisions. We don't always make the decision that's based upon uh, the needs of kids. Um, and, and that's a problem because it hinders learning and it hinders uh, uh, the school being a real partnership with, with, with the families and communities in those neighborhoods. So true. Well, yeah. And again, even uh, with the good leadership that we have, no, I, I, and I, I'm sorry, Charlie, but you know how I get with this. Even with, I, I believe to be a good superintendent who I hear only good things about, as a whole, as long as we're beholden to high stake mandated testing, we are doing something wrong. It trickles throughout the entire building. It impacts how the how the um, how the principal thinks and how they view the building and what their priorities are, which is then um, impacts who they're hiring, who they're bringing in. It impacts teacher morale because these teachers are all highly educated, highly creative, and you know some schools will give you more latitude or more uh, you know um, flexibility to teach a lesson in accordance to those state mandates, but some are very rigid, you know, but teachers mm -hmm. should have as much creativity to utilize what they've learned based upon their education, their experience to make it relative to their kids. 
and measure kids through growth and development, not just through very arbitrary uh, numerical systems on 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 skewed um, results from testing, overly some, testing. Some some of the best and favorite teachers of everyone is is usually that teacher that can use their discretion and get the job right. done. Yes, you know, and work with one one on one and and figure. Well, I'm going to do this for Ross. I'm going to do this for Charlie. Yes, I'm going to do this yes. for Susie. I'm going to do that, you know, and then they get the job done. So, yeah. um, fine gentleman here, Devin Burns, um, says, "Oh yeah, you you can hear his passion in his voice, and he brings in all that experience. This is an easy vote for me." Um, and and, and I hey, love Devin that is a great, yeah. yeah, great great man. Yeah. Um, for all our people out there, support local businesses. Um, and people like uh, the the Devin Byrons, you know, who work at Destination Soup, they invest in our community. Um, you know, they 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 stay active, vision what's going on. So when you have a partnership between small businesses and the community, and people who are interested in in making a difference over that time, I mean, there, there's so much potential in the city. And so Devin uh, was kind enough, as long as well as other small businesses, to donate to. Um, our fundraise because it is COVID, Charlie. Our fundraising campaign is in much different space than last time, so we're doing everything online. We're selling calendars with some really nice gifts. So if you want to check out my Facebook page, you can either go to Ross Grace Jr. or uh, Committee to Elect Ross Grace on Facebook. You can find out how to enter. All the money goes um, strictly into outreach because that is important, people. We do got to get the word out. Um, you know, I'm known in certain parts of the city and our numbers reflected that in last election, but there are other people who don't know our space as well. So we got to get the word out. So your donations help um, get involved in that calendar and, and, you know, having a chance to win a nice gift. It's a raffle from April all the way through the end and we're raffling off gifts. So, you know, if you want to do that, that helps out the campaign. Um, but what, what we're really, really hoping for, Charlie, is just making sure that, um, you know, that there's and, and I, I'm repetitive with this, that there's an actual and experienced voice who isn't just there for a political agenda, who isn't there for a means to an end, but just to try to make sure that our schools are doing the right thing by the educators and, and the kids. Because when a teacher is happy and they feel good about where they're working, it translates into the, into the student. If the teachers are leaving every three years and the turnover remains what it is, and teachers don't have a chance to develop that relationship, that culture, and create that environment, it impacts the learning of the children. And our education for our kids is everything. You know, it's everything. Um, Shakira said that some kind, some kids are just not great test takers. Um, yeah. I remember f uh, failing multiple. I'm going to put it on the screen here so yeah. I can read it a little bit better. For some kids are just not great test takers. I remember. Um, failing multiple exam as a kid. One teacher kept me after and talked, um, had a talk within yeah. the talk, answered every question on the exam without multiple choice part. Yeah. And she graded me on an after school talk as the exam, right. which is, you know, and, and there was that flexibility it, back then, Charlie. And that's what I'm ta talking about. She, she just brought up an excellent example because some kids, you can know all the material. But if you're one of those kids who freezes like a damn in headlights, if you have headlights, if you have anxiety, or say you didn't eat that night, you know what I'm saying? The night before the test, or your your family's fighting, we're dealing with, with, with some type of substance abuse, you know what I'm saying? That stuff's all gonna impact the test. And those things, 
literally shape our kids' future right now. So that's why I feel like those high stakes mandated testing is, is isn't the way to measure our kids' success. So she nailed it. And there was a time like that too, because I didn't test well. I wouldn't have my master's degree if it was just all test taking. I was a writer and a speaker and this and that. But um there was a time, very similar situation what your care had. I did very poorly on test. The teacher understood my learning style. He let me come in after school and it was a verbal test and I nailed it. So I had the information. That's like some of these kids now. I just didn't perform well on the test. So how, yeah. how, how are the schools heading in the right direction if kids have information, creativity and energy and desire to learn and they're being measured on something that they might not be adept to? And you know what happens is wording in the questions. Oh, yeah. Um, and and, and it, the wording comes out a certain way and it looks like it, it's it's instant confusion you know and um that's and and what happens is when when you when you end up having a one-on-one with a teacher you know talking and they they can understand yes. they can actually make you co- allow you to comprehend it in an easier way by them yes. speaking you know say yep. hey ross this is that right. you know and so but uh yep. Um, yeah. And, and you know, the thing, and again, Shai, I'm so passionate about like education because there's so many things I learned from kindergarten over to grad school that I couldn't tell you anything about. You know, I, I work with the kids in the program right now and they're asking, why do we have to learn this in math? I mean, why do we have to learn this uh, strategy or whatever in math? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, guys, you say the same thing. Why do you? There's so many things that you learn that you may use and it all, it all helps you grow. It all helps you develop. So I'm not throwing anything out of that. But the thing that I remember most about my teachers is I remember in second grade, and Miss Lopes, Miss Dorothy Lopes, she had this mirror, and above it it said, "I am special," and yes, I can. Like mm-hmm. I remember that, and you're taught at that age. See, it wasn't about the testing and skills; it was taught that you can be what you want to be if you work hard enough. You know, they focused on the hard work. They focused on the effort part of it. You know, they they th- those were the things that mattered. They they focused on the message of you being important. They focus on the message no matter where you come from. Dr. Waters taught us this. No matter where you come from, you can go somewhere. Those are the things that brought me to, um, you know, the the drum major award at UMass Diamond. Th- those are what brought me to my master's degree. That's what brought me to being uh, assistant principal of Connie and Keith Middle School and, you know, director of YMCA School program. It had nothing to do with the actual content of materials learning. It was what the teachers did for me as a person. And that's, I'm telling you, when I was in the schools, it's being ripped out of the schools. It's being ripped. Because the teachers are under so much pressure and stress to just make sure that these kids are teaching to this model and that mode and that means. So it affects what the so, teachers are doing, and that's why I'm passionate about that. So true. Um, DC says, when it comes to education in the way Mr. Grace wants education to be taught to our youth, how can you not vote for him? And it's so true. The, um, the uh, sincerity is there, and we definitely... Um, you know, hear it and all your answers and wait and your explanations. So, um, you know, and I, I'm so happy that uh, I got you on board, you know, because this is um, very, very important. You Thank know, you, people are going to hear you anyways. They're going to hear you later on and definitely where you can kind of, you know, elaborate on a lot of things. Um, yeah. State Mayor says, uh, just going to read some of these comments to you. It's very important, I feel. Um, Ross is for the students, teachers, and families. He understands and gives his all into making a difference in our community. His patience, kind, and determined to make positive change. And um, thank you, yeah. thank you so much. 
and uh, let's see. Of the comment, politics are the root of all evil. Evil, and you know, yeah, it's politics are different. You know, it's just yeah. it, it it kept. I I didn't want to deal with any kind of. I wasn't yeah. a politician, you know, but uh, yeah, it got it, it gets dirty sometimes, you know. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So let's see. We have much support for Ross. He has proven he truly cares about the welfare of our children and the essential teachers who educate them. Here is where your vote counts. It's so true. Thank you. Nice Thank you. Um, Kira again. Let's see you, Stalker. This girl's on the ball today, man. Oh, yeah. Says, if I didn't have creative teachers, I would have never got out of school with decent grades. Not all kids learn the same, so it's important to identify kids who are not. Um, let's see. Not um, listen, read type of student. I definitely, um, I was definitely not. Soon as I know there is a clock on me, I lose. Oh yeah, all. yeah, it's so true. That's that's yeah. like um, I remember that. I, I, yeah, I I did the same thing, you know. Yeah, and again, it, it, and Charlie, I mean, there are, it it is important to have test taking skills because there is pressure in life. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. It shouldn't be the high stakes that it is. You know, there there are some things in schools where I do understand reads for, but um, like Shakira just said again, you know, that wasn't her best way of learning. So even though it's it's one tool. That shouldn't be the way to determine whether she's going to move forward in an educational setting or, or be held back or not receive her diploma. That's what I'm saying is wrong with it, you know, and also what it does to to the paradigm shift that, that is done in public education and where our value has gone from being very student centered to very uh, number centered, you know, so we're in the wrong direction. So true. Um, DC says, I believe if the educational system becomes what Ross Grace describes the flag of excellence would be back flying high or flying in front of New Bedford High School. I thank I, you. I always, you know, you know, he brings that up, but I was so proud when that flag was in front of the high school. Yeah. I was like, wow. And, you know, and I was there. So I was part of the process. And yeah. it was very, very important. So hopefully we can get many flags like that uh, throughout the city, you know. And we will, we will, because you know why? Because everyone's getting, everyone's kind of digging their, yeah, their heels in the ground. You know, they're ready. You said, no, we got to do this for our kids. You know, teachers, parents, um, even the students. You know, they they yeah. they're looking to be, you know, more educated. And uh, so, yeah. Well, Ross, you know, I, I hate to close, and um, because. You know, conversation is good. And um, yeah. whether we're talking about, you know, campaigning, whether we're talking about the community, I yeah. love I love this this um type of conversation. Oh. And uh, it's 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 missed. It's missed. And um someone uh, uh someone that we both know always mentors uh, talks about how those folk stories, those folk stories yeah. and, not being you know um you know told and listened to 
need to get back to that, you know, and um, I eventually will do that in one of the podcasts where I have about, you know, four, four to five mentors on there, just exp- ex- um, telling those folk stories of the area. So, um, oh, and folks, but, uh, don't forget when, when Charlie's on, when, when really Charlie's on, make sure you're sharing it, guys. Um, like I said, what he's doing is important stuff. It, it, again, it's giving a voice to the average everyday hardworking person from our community, young entrepreneur trying to get up off there, uh, trying to get on their feet uh, for the people who've been active, who've given back to the community, for people who are involved in local political dynamics. Um, Sorry, Charlie is, is, is given that voice. So, so spread the word, share the word. It's important. Um, you know, because that voice has been, um, it's just not as it, 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 it hasn't been as loud as, as it really should be. And Charlie's doing it, which he always has. Yeah, I can't wait until the uh, New Bedford light starts hitting the airwaves, you know, and uh, yeah. that, that's going to be nice. So, uh, but uh, let's see, nice work. And let's see what this, uh, this is I want in. Junior's program is up and running. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, I like to, uh, um, well, you know, we're going to get guests like you know, even Shakira, you know, some of the stuff she's doing that you see on Facebook. Yeah. You know, Got to get, get her on here and, uh, you know, where she can kind of talk and broadcast all the stuff that she's doing because it's all it's all needed. So, Ross, why don't you conclude? Give us give a message to the city of New Bedford and all this voting power that's going to come to the ballots, uh, you know, come November for you. Well, um, first and foremost, Charlie, I just want to thank you again to reiterate the important voice that you're giving to so many people. And um, that's why I am running for school committee. Uh, our messages are very uh, similar. Charlie, well, our belief system is very similar. Um, I am running, once again, um, not a political campaign, an educational campaign, not for a political gain or to move anywhere other than uh, where we're going right now. And it's to make sure that there's an experienced person in the school committee um, who's worked in the buildings, who works with the teachers, who um, is a clear and honest voice um, to uh, to that political dialogue. So that that's why I'm running. And some completely different parents out there, things have been extremely, extremely difficult with remote learning, the hybrid model. Um, more than anything else, there's nothing more important than you just believing in your kid, making sure that your child, no matter how it is, is the focal point of your life and that everything that you do as an adult Everything I do as an adult circulates around around our children, everything, you know. So no matter what, don't give up on your child. Advocate for your child. Stand up for your child. And just to my New Bedford people out there, you know, I'd appreciate your vote. But um, just, you know, I grew up here. You guys know me. And, uh, you know, we we are bigger and stronger um, than what we're showing right now. So get involved. Be involved. And if you stumble in this world, you take a fall, get back up. You know, that's going out to my average everyday New Bedford person and keep on moving forward. But we're stronger than what we believe. Stay involved, collaborate, discuss, uh, believe in yourself and believe in the people who you love. And sure. My name is Ross Grace Charlie. Thank you so much, brother. You can check out all my stuff on Facebook, folks. Hey, good. The, um, I, like I said, this is, this could be part one of Ross Grace coming on a Really Charlie podcast. So whenever you're, you're in, you need me, 
to get something out there, you know, you just kind of send me a direct contact, um, you know, call me, whatever, and we'll get you on. I don't Thank care. You. I don't care what the message is. It's about yeah. you. It's about you really telling people how you feel or really giving out the news that needs to be, um, you know, broadcasted to to the city of New Bedford. So, Thank um, you, Charlie. All right. God Appreciate bless. It. Take good care. Uh, God bless, Charlie. Thank you, New Bedford. Take good care, people. Uh, all Take right, man. Time. Take care. I'll talk to you. I'll be in touch, Charlie. Thank you. All right. Ross Grace Jr. running for New Bedford School Committee 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, feel free to get to his website, newbedfordschools.wixsite.com slash forward slash grace. You know, he's on Facebook. Just put in the uh, search section. I like Ross Grace Jr. And uh, his Facebook page would come up. The... Um, no, this was interesting. This was nice. The comments were great. This is what I'm talking about on the Really Charlie podcast. Conversation with some common folk to, to um, just to get a message out there. You know, there's some future guests coming on. We got Friday, got a, I got a podcast. Saturday, I got a podcast. I'm just trying to do the right thing and get more people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you have something you want to talk about, just, it's you know, send me a direct message. My email here is reallycharliepodcast at gmail.com. Reallycharliepodcast at gmail.com. You know, you want to get on here, just send me an email. Or get in touch with me. And we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, my schedule is kind of book during this month we're going up until the last day um april looks like it's wide open uh however we got some guests in limbo and you know some great great guests um you know some singers entertainers some educators uh definitely uh some good podcasts coming up so feel free to go on anchor you know, listen, listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, um, go on to my YouTube channel, click like and subscribe. Sounds like a YouTube commercial, doesn't it? Like and subscribe, you know, is very, very important to anyone that's putting YouTube channels out there. And uh, I'll continue to bring this to you through StreamYard and Facebook. As I always say, mask those beautiful faces. Wash your hands, sanitize your hands. Continue to be safe instead of being sorry. You know, love y'all. God bless.